Welcome to Ride Over Stride, episode number 79. Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis, a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Melanie Hargis, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride. I'm here with Master Horseman. Van Harkis. Not just Master Horseman, Master Horseman and your husband. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, good deal. First of all, let me welcome everybody back. I, it's been a while since we've done a podcast. And of course, um, or I should say a new podcast recording. This yes. We are at 79 now. We were previously at 78. And I'm not going to say how long ago that was. But let's just say it's been too long, right? Way too long. So there's been a few things that have changed. And of course, the number one thing that's changed is for those of you who are listening and listening for the first time in a while, it's Miss Melanie Hargis is our new co-host. Yay. So, yeah, so we're we're glad to have Miss Melanie on uh, as as our co-host. And first of all, for those of you who are such a big fan of uh, Laura McClellan, being a co-host of ours, we really appreciate all that she did because, quite frankly, if it weren't if it wasn't for Laura, I wouldn't have never done this in the first place. Number one, she had to educate me on what the heck a podcast was. And uh, took a lot of doing. Yeah, it did take a lot. Of, <laughs> I couldn't wrap my brain around the idea of having a radio program that you could tune into at any time. Because I'm thinking, well, can't you just tune into the radio at any time? Yes, but not necessarily hear now what you want to hear. And I was like, well, okay. I, it took me a while, but she finally figured it out uh, how to explain it to me in a way that I can I can understand it and grasp it. So a big shout out to Laura McClellan for getting us started with this whole thing and for being a co-host for 78 episodes. That was yes. amazing. And for those of you who don't know that Laura also has a phenomenal podcast of her own called The Productive Woman. And it was a little bit to do with that, a little bit of our schedules. Uh, it was just easier for us to eventually come up with another way to start recording so that we both could carry on all the normal stuff that we normally do without having so much conflict with schedule. And we also have to realize, too, that even though she's an attorney, she works from home. And the more she worked from home, the more she realized how committed she was or how, how needed it was for her to have a really good Wi-Fi connection. And inevitably, she's working from home and needing the Wi-Fi, and then every time we get ready to record... If she had the Wi-Fi, keep in mind, she also lives out in a rural area in North Texas. We live out in, of course, a rural area down in South Texas. Mm -hmm. So inevitably, whenever she had a really good signal, our signal would be out. Then whenever we had a really good signal, her signal might be out. So it was just the dealing with part of being out in the country, so to speak. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, we, we, over time, we just finally figured out that maybe the best thing to do is just try to figure out a way to make Van Hargis do it all by himself. Or which I could not do. So, <laughs> so for years I've said that my wife had a wonderful voice, so we're really glad that she's joining us I as our you're biased. as our new co-host. And I bet you a dollar to a donut for those folks, folks that have seen us on the road, uh, either at the clinics, the horse expos, the public speaking engagements or whatever, or you visited the website, and especially if you're a top hand member, you've in one way or the other communicated with Miss Melanie Hargis. So... 
you probably already know her either directly or indirectly anyway. Mm -hmm. So now you're getting to hear her voice on a regular basis. However, for those of you who are only listening, we've got another great new announcement that also is a little bit to do with our delay, I guess you could say, and taking us a while to get this back on the air is that we are also videoing this. So yes. now we are we have a camera in the studio and we're videoing it and this will also be available now on YouTube, right? Yes, it's the Van Hargis Horsemanship YouTube channel. Yes. And uh, besides regular videos that we also have, your Ranch Road series, you will now be able to do the road the Ride Every Stride podcast on our Van Hargis Horsemanship YouTube channel. Awesome. And we really like that ride every stride. Every time we go everywhere, we were, were constantly asked how we come up with that name. And of course, I'm always tickled to death to tell them how we came up with ride every stride. And most importantly, what ride every stride means to us. And um, another really cool thing about that is, is that there's another big announcement that we're going to make about ride every stride in the weeks or months to come. So we really want folks to kind of be listening to us on a continual basis and uh, keep those encouragements coming to us because yes. believe it or not, folks, I, I thrive on those. I need those. And it, it was that that inspired us to do this next project that we'll yes. announce at another time. So you're going to have to keep listening so you can know when yes. that, uh, exactly what that announcement's going to be and when it's going to take place. Great things to come. Absolutely. Great things to come. Mm -hmm. So Miss Melanie, what are we talking about today? Um, the path of least resistance. All right. You know, because it's been a while since we've done uh, another or podcast, what I mm -hmm. thought we would do is almost start from scratch. In other words, if I, I'm oftentimes asked, you know, what happens when somebody brings a horse into training? Mm -hmm. And folks, first of all, you got to understand that I, I've heard every story that you can think of when people bring me a horse to train. Oh, I would have done it myself, except, or... Or he's a really good horse, except, in other words, there's always these oh, exceptions, the, right? The, the yabbits. The, and all the yabbits, you know. And, and um, But I, I appreciate those. But to be honest, I tell people very respectfully if I can, I listen to nobody when it comes to a horse but the horse. In other words, horses have no motive to lie, and no motive to tell a story, no, no motive to stretch it, or no motive to make it sound better than it was or worse than it was. They just kind of tell it like it is. So because of that, whenever somebody asks me what I do when I very first bring a new horse into the property or into the mm -hmm. facility, I don't care if it's a colt that's never been haltered. I don't care if it's a horse that's never been saddled. I don't care if it's a horse that just has a problem. I don't care if it's a horse that just needs a tune-up. I don't care if it's a performance horse that we're getting ready to take to the show pen. Whatever that horse is, we go back to the round pen as if it's never been touched and we literally start all over. Back to the basics. Back to the basics. In other words, the fundamental success of my entire program has always been nothing beyond the basics. And I can't emphasize that anymore. So over the next several episodes, we're mm -hmm. going to be covering nothing beyond the basics. And we're going to break it down into several different parts. First and foremost is kind of the topic of today's uh, podcast, which is... Um, the path of least resistance and what does that mean and why is it so important the next one of course is going to be forward motion the second or the third is going to be the control of forward motion and the last is always 
the stopping of forward motion. Mm-hmm. So let's just visit a little bit about the path of least resistance. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, we have to understand that horses are basically just born with that innate ability to seek out and take the path of least resistance. In their world, it doesn't behoove them to work inefficiently. It doesn't behoove them to move into resistance, whatever that case may be. Whether it's being pursued by a predator, they're going to take the path of least resistance away from that predator so they can move most efficiently. They're going to do, uh, even when it comes to a rainstorm, if you'll watch horses, they turn their butt to the rainstorm. They don't walk into it, they turn their butt to it. So what I'm saying, though, is is that the path of least resistance is already a concept that the horses are already very, very familiar with. The difference is, is as we work, as horses work with humans and as humans work with horses, we have a crazy tendency to inadvertently, I hope, teach a horse to move into that resistance. We allow it to happen, and oftentimes horses see us as their path of least resistance. So as a result, we get a horse that's a little bit pushy, or they get in a bond, they'll run right at us. So the very first lesson that I teach every horse is that lesson of the path of least resistance, how to seek it out, where it is, and then to respect me uh, completely and let's just say, let's start off in, in the round pen scenario. So what would you do um, when you got if a horse that's never been trained, nothing? How would you start with that path to lose? Was it in a round pen? First of all, I'm real big on trying to make everything easy, right? I want to make it so easy for the horse that they just can't help but to get the correct answer. So mm-hmm. when I take them into a round pen... I'm literally going to put them in a round pen, and I don't care where they are in that round pen. I'm going to position myself in such a way that, um, let's just say the horse is is going to be moving toward the right. Mm -hmm. I position myself in such a way that I am so close to the fence to the left that the right side of the arena is wide open and the left side of the arena is not. So in other words, really the only place the horse can go without running into me or without causing himself to run into more pressure and more resistance is to move to the left or I'm sorry, to move to his right. Okay. So as a result of that, he gets very good then of taking that big giant open area over there to that side. Even if it's just one step, two steps, a run or a bolt. In other words, I don't really care in the beginning. This is as long as he goes that, that direction, as long as he moves away from me and moves away from me in that direction. Well, Because I just said the words, move away from me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to already explain some stuff. Because there's already people out there going, oh my God, I'm worried about trying to catch my horse, and you're worried about getting the horse to move away from you. Mm -hmm. All right. There's there's something that I really do have to tell people that I think is way overrated too early in our program. And that is, and I'm going to have to use some terms that other folks are already familiar with. For example, um... Oh, a lot of the quote-unquote natural horsemanship guys and or, and, and again, I'm not dogging that in the least, um, but a lot of your natural horsemanship guys and a lot of your followers of even some of my mentors will use a term called hooking on. Oh, we want that horse to hook on. Another fella kind of coined the phrase joining up. I want that horse to join up with me. So, mm-hmm. Yes, you want your horse to hook on or you want them to join up and you want them to be a buddy to you, whatever. But I'm going to have to tell folks, you got to have faith 
and you've got to have trust in the fact that that will happen. But that should not be your number one priority. The number one priority is those basic fundamental things that we need to have, number one, to make this horse safe. And we to get this horse to be safe and to help him with his training that comes from that moment forward is to teach him to respect that path of least resistance. It is the number one lesson that will come back over and over and over again, both on the ground and especially in the saddle. So we've got to teach that horse how to take that path of least resistance. So in the beginning, I'm literally going to cut off one side of the round pin with my body and my positioning and open up the other side of the round pin so it's crazy easy for that horse to to take that path of least resistance. Well, and by teaching that, isn't it also, I mean, I would imagine that the safety aspect is not just safest for the horse, but it's also safety for yourself. That's the number one thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I tell everybody all the time, I'm... I'm I really want to work hard to make everything as safe for the horses as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the horses are going to take care of themselves. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're going to take care of themselves, and, and they're going to do whatever it takes to protect themselves. Mm-hmm. question is, and I ask my students this all the time. I ask folks that go to our clinics this all the time. I ask this to the audiences and at our expos, which is, who's taking care of you? If the, you are. Right. If the horse is looking after itself, then who is taking care of you? Mm-hmm. And the reality is nobody except for you. You've got to take care of yourself in there. So teaching that horse that lesson to respect your space, whatever it is, even if the horse is scared to death and trying to get out of the round pen away from you, mm-hmm. that's good in the beginning. I would much rather have that than the horse that does the opposite. And we've always heard fight or flight. Believe mm-hmm. me, folks, flight is one heck of a lot better than the horse that decides to fight. Absolutely. So um, we want them to know and to seek out that path of least resistance. But at the same time, knowing and knowing without a doubt and having trust and faith in the fact that the hooking on or the joining up or the buddying up, whatever you want to call it, that that eventually will happen if you establish your priorities correctly. In -hmm. fact, I've been doing this for so long now, I can't even begin to think of how many horses I've started in the round pen or just started in general. And knock on wood, I've never had it happen to where a horse didn't hook on. I've never had it not happen. And um, apart from one time in Southern California, I can't think of a single time that, um, that I really made an effort to make a horse hook on. And even then, the one in California came back to haunt me because I did it too good, too much, and when the little filly got in a bind, she hooked on all right. She <laughs> she literally chased me around the round pen because she was scared to death and was wanting me to help her. But by golly, she hooked on too much, and she came after me. And not in an aggressive way, but just that expression like, please help me. And I literally could go nowhere to get away from her until she eventually come and literally knocked me off the fence and um, and was bucking and stomping right above me. And luckily... The round pen was built in such a way that the ground, from the distance from the ground to the bottom rail was just tall enough for me out. to roll out of there. And uh, because we were in California, the first thing out of my mouth was, whoa, that joint up sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, and again, see, it, it, safety is an extremely important thing. You bet. And in, in that case, and I'll be the first to admit, I, uh, I, I saw that the filly was already kind of wanting to hook on a little bit, and... Because of that, I uh, 
I, and I, at the same time, I'll be the first to admit it was an egotistical move on my part that I was just trying to show off in front of an audience that was mm-hmm. already somewhat amazed by, because the timing was in such that a particular book had come out already that, uh, that emphasized that those two words I mentioned a little while ago a lot. <laughs> and, the, and the two words weren't hooking on. Hooking up. <laughs> hooking on. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's a lesson learned. Well, yeah. I mean, heck yeah. It was a good lesson learned. But I mean, the, the problem with my case, that's why I'll totally put the blame on myself that it was a, it was an egotistical move and arrogant on my part because um, I'd already known better, you know, and I was literally just showing off in front of the crowd and then it came back to bite me in the butt. And the good lesson or the long-term lesson for me was, was stick to what you know and stick to what you know works. Don't do anything just for the sake of showing off. And then number two, um, keep in mind the safety aspect of it and keep in mind the importance of those fundamentals at every mm-hmm. level, you know, in front of an audience at home where there is no audience, focus on those fundamentals, focus on those basics and focus on the absolute importance of, um, that horse seeking out that path of least resistance. When, when do you work in, I mean, I know you, there's no definites and, you know, you can't say a week from now, well, you'll be working on something else or the horse will kind of let you know. But how do you actually start to, when is it a good time to start progressing past from step one to step two? You know, you've, you've been working on this least, uh, least resistance. When do you move forward? When do you? Well, that's actually a great question because I don't, I'm always challenging the horses. Uh, I want them to get very, very comfortable with whatever it is that I'm asking them to do. So in the beginning, if that lesson that I'm teaching them is to take that path of least resistance, and let's just say I'm working with, say, a wild horse, something that's had very little human interaction. They've, they're not spoiled. They're just about as pure as you're going to get. And the minute you walk in that round pen, that horse is trying everything in its power to get away from you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so obviously getting it to take the path of least, least resistance um isn't very difficult in the beginning Mm -hmm. until you ask it to do something different. In other words, let's say I'm moving the horse in the round pen to the right. So the horse is going to the right. In other words, I'm also watching and seeing his right ear and his right eye as he's moving around me to the right. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of behind him a little bit. I'm behind the drive line of that horse and I'm helping the horse find that open distance to the, or that open space to the right. But what if I change directions? The horse oftentimes in a learning situation gets so good at answering the question with one answer that they don't really think about what the question was and what another answer might be. They just keep repeating the same answer regardless what the question is. So can you go to the right? Horses, yes, watch how good I can go to the right. And they get really good at going to the right. Then you say, well, that's really good. Can Now can you go to the left? Mm-hmm. And even though you cut them off and you try to make them go back to the left, they're convinced that going to the right is the right answer. So guess what they're trying to do? They keep trying to go to the right, even if it means running over you. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, you've got to get really good at being even bigger of an obstacle. In other words, not necessarily growing and going eating a bunch of Twinkies and getting bigger. But you know what I mean? Like get bigger, like wave your <laughs> arms up and down, do whatever it takes to get the horse to go the other direction. Mm-hmm. And when a horse gets to where... They're truly seeking out that path of least resistance by paying very close attention as to where we are and 
how they are moving. In other words, how we're moving in that arena and how the, and how we're moving in that round pen. And they are making those adjustments as we're making our adjustments. In other words, if I if I want to go to the right, I'll cut off the left side of the round pen, open up the right side of the round pen. When I want the horse to go to the left, I'm simply going to just position my body very slowly and methodically and very deliberately. Those are all terms and words we're going to hear a lot of. But we're going to move very deliberately to the other side of the round pen. I'd like to see the horse move just as deliberately and make a smooth transition to change directions and go back the other direction. Now, even with that said, in the beginning, I don't care if he turns inside, outside. This as long as that sucker is seeking the path of least resistance. That's all that I'm really concerned about. Okay. I just want the horse to seek out that path of least resistance, the number one lesson. So once the horse gets to where they're doing that really good, very smooth, and you can kind of sense of certain understanding coming mm-hmm. about, that's when we might consider working on the next thing, which is the forward motion. Okay. Which it sounds like, well, can, don't you have to get forward motion if you're teaching the horse to take the path of least resistance? Well, yeah. Yes. So you're already working on step two while Mm -hmm. you're achieving step one. But I don't necessarily get distracted by that. I don't take, because I, this, as long as a horse is moving forward, I don't really care if he's going forward at a run, walk, or whatever. You know, Mm -hmm. as long as that sucker's going forward and seeking out the path of least resistance in the process, then we're good. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm just tickled to death with that. Okay. Makes perfect sense. Yep. Good deal. Well, what else? Well, I don't know. I thought you were reading the program. Oh, am I? Oh, you got to show me. This is all new to me. I'm, I'm a newbie on this. This is okay. my first episode. Um, you got 79 under, well, 78, I guess. Yeah. Um, we well, do need to mention that um, uh, since we are getting back out there, uh, we want everybody to tell a friend. Uh, mention us, uh, send us their information. Well, not information, I guess. Send us questions. You um, betcha. Send us some kind of it. And all of them can go to either info at vanhargis.com. Yep. Any kind of questions that you have. Or on the Facebook page. Uh, Van's really good about uh, answering the Facebook. And yes, he does do it himself. So those answers actually come directly from him. Even, in fact, the ones that go to info at vanhargis.com, what happens is that Melanie gets those first, and uh, she forwards them to me, mm-hmm. and I respond, and I usually send them back to her, and then she'll send them back out to uh, the different people. And it's not that I'm, um, it's not that we kind of keep my email private, but I guess we kind of keep my email private. Kinda. We we try to get as much stuff going as possible through the info. And that's mainly so that um, that way both Melly and I both know what each other's doing. So the left hand knows what the right hand's doing if it all goes through one particular email address. So I don't want mm-hmm. you guys thinking that we're, that I'm trying to, uh, you know, shirk my responsibilities by answering your questions directly. That's not it at all. What, what it really is, is we're just trying to make sure that we do get all the questions answered by funneling mm-hmm. them all through one very specific email address. Melly gets that and then forwards it to me. I answer those as timely as I possibly can, and then we we get them back, yeah. um, and and we put those back in the hands of of uh, our listeners and our our people who see us at the horse expos or even mm-hmm. our clinics. 
Now, I will emphasize this, is that oftentimes it ends up turning almost into like a discussion, you know, because we'll, we'll not only answer the question, but I do want people to give me the feedback on how they perceive the response Mm-hmm. And then hopefully how they utilize that response. You know, it's, it's, it's one thing if we're just trading information, but if you're not practicing that um, and not putting it to work, then we're, neither one of us is really going to know uh, how, how it's working. So really encourage folks to uh, not only just take the responses, but utilize those responses and put them to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I want everybody to check out the iTunes. Um, we definitely want to start getting some... Um, some viewers on that. We want to see how well this uh, new vodcast actually works. You mean YouTube? YouTube. Yes, because they can go to iTunes all day long. ITunes. I don't think they're going to see much. But, <laughs> no, the but, YouTube. Uh, but yes, we do want to make sure that um, you know we're very so grateful for the the iTunes listeners and the Stitcher mm-hmm. listeners. In other words, whatever format you're using to listen to the podcast, we really appreciate those who are listening. However, we do want the word to get out about the podcast now being available on YouTube. We think that's mm-hmm. going to be crazy exciting for people, um, mainly because it's also going to give us an opportunity that when we bring people into our studio that's here at the ranch, mm-hmm. that we bring our guests here, and sometimes our guest doesn't have to be celebrities it had to be other trainers sometimes it's going to be people who come and spend some time with us for example since we've bought this new facility we've had people literally from all over the world already we've had Mm -hmm. people from new zealand we've had where oh my goodness uh, germany yeah we had a lady from germany we've had several from here in the united states oh yeah and a lady from greece so we've Mm -hmm. had literally people from all over the united all over the world in the united states only since we've had the facility here and the whole time we kept thinking, man, I wish we had our studio set up already because it had been a really good idea to have our guest. And when I say guest, I mean guest to the ranch that comes here to ride with us. Have those folks be a part of our podcast. So that's another reason why that we really want people to tune in to the podcast on YouTube so that, who knows, you might even be able to see yourself. <laughs> yes. And I also want uh, anybody who has a platform that they prefer for their for their podcast to send me an email uh, again at info at vanhargis.com. When you say uh, platform, what do you mean? Like uh, the Spotify, Stitcher, um, anything that I'm not hitting. You know, I, you I would like to get them on whatever we can. I know we've got them on Stitcher and, um, and of course, on iTunes. But anybody else who knows of other podcast platforms that they think we should be utilizing, please let us know. Absolutely. Um, Definitely want to get those out there. And then, of course, if you want to be a guest on the podcast or... Uh, or have your questions directed toward or on the podcast. Have your answers or have your questions answered on the podcast. We would love to do that. In fact, we encourage people. We, I think on the previous 78 episodes, we were like pretty much begging people, please send in your, mm-hmm. your questions or comments. And it's not that we don't have stuff organized. I mean, there's literally nothing we can't talk about and communicate about and there's probably um, an unlimited amount of things that we could talk about however we want to talk about the things that you guys want us to talk about what we what you guys want to hear and what you guys want us to share and um, and because of that too I'm going to I'm going to say one more thing here before we start thinking about closing out and that is this um, part of what makes our program successful and when I mean that I mean like 
Van Hargis horsemanship in general is, and that, that means everything from, you know, at the ranch, uh, as we travel and all those things is quite frankly, the people that support us the most, mm-hmm. uh, here at the ranch, for example, all of our horses now are on a phenomenal feed program that was put together for us by full of pep, which is a local place here, um, in Victoria, just outside of Victoria, a little town called Quero. And um, if you guys would just indulge me just for a moment, I'm going to tell you how that came about. For those of you who've known me for a long time, know that I was a real big fan of the red, white, and checkerboard for years and years. And I still am. I'm not going to dog them in the least. It's just that I've always liked the idea and the concept of supporting local business. I've tried to do that throughout my career. And, uh, and we did wherever we possibly could. And... Uh, somebody actually here in the Victoria area challenged me to try the full of pep feed. And I kept thinking, you know, but I'm kind of a strategy guy. I've been on that period of mill strategy for quite, quite some time. I liked it and I liked the people, uh, but I did, I tried it. And, um, and usually whenever I'm making a change like that, to be honest, I'm a little bit skeptical and sometimes even cynical, but I made the change and, um, I think within about three months, I started noticing a very significant difference. And it was a positive difference, which kind of very much surprised me. And because the the price point was so incredibly different. And of course, that made my wife happy because she's the one that (laughs) sits down and writes the bills and does all the stuff at the end of every month. So now all of a sudden, this was a huge, big savings to our feed Mm -hmm. bill. And then so shortly after that, we began to start working with them on an overall nutritional package and we've we come up with something and we're very very proud to have full of pep on board with us here at the crossroads ranch mm-hmm. and uh, we've not only noticed a difference in our horses but we've also noticed a difference in our client horses when they come so we're very mm-hmm. proud of the fact that we have the opportunity to work mm-hmm. with those guys and they're a great bunch of people and they're super us. super good mm-hmm. people so anybody in the south area if you're down in the south texas area or anywhere down in this region if you'll contact us, we'll tell tell you how to get in touch with the Full of Pep people. And I'm sure you've probably already seen the Full of Pep information all over the country. And um, and as we go, I'll tell you a little bit more about each and every one of the sponsors that are kind of helping us. I don't want to bore everybody to death with going through all of them uh, in one show when we come back after having not been producing a show in a while. But I do want folks to understand that we are a team that we literally can't do it without the support mechanism that we have and, uh, and a big part of that support mechanism is you too, Miss Melanie. So mm-hmm. appreciate everything that you do for us. Thank and you. Um, and I, I know I couldn't do what I do if it wasn't for you doing what you do. So I very oh. much appreciate it. Oh, thank you. What else? Um, <coughs> well, we don't have any events to, to post right now. I mean... Um, kind of lost now um well we will mention the top pan club um you know we um we've had for quite some time we've had a top pan club for those of you who joined in the very early stages of this we started off at 4.99 a month and for those of you who missed out on that sorry too bad so sad because now we've jumped the price up to 9.99 a month and we told everybody we were going to do that that the first thousand members were going to get that that kind of a charter membership. Well, we actually now have still some charter memberships available, but the new charter membership is going to be $9.99 a month because mm-hmm. we've already reached that 1,000 threshold. So, um, 
but it's still available. And here's what's really cool about the $9.99 a month is that you not only get access to all the videos, in other words, we every time we go to a horse expo somewhere, every time we go to a clinic somewhere, Melanie will take that video and she will post it uh, to our website so it's available for all the top hand members. Mm-hmm. There's times we shoot extra stuff out here at the ranch and we'll put that on there. It may not be something we want to put on say YouTube or something, but it's something that we th- still think is informative and that our membership would really like those. So we post those videos there. Another thing is um, if you're a top pan member, you get a 10% discount across the board on anything to do with Van Hargis horsemanship, whether it be our merchandise, caps, t-shirts, whatever, or even our more expensive ticket items, such as um, our saddles. Um, I dare say that I think we've got some of the the best saddles in the industry, and I and I'm I'm not I don't want that to come across I'm being boastful. It's just that I don't know of a saddle company in the country that has done a better job than Rainsman Equestrian Products of putting together the technology and the experienced workmanship to produce the saddles that they have. Mm-hmm. My saddles on their performance line, and all three of my saddles come with a lifetime warranty on the tree. And I'll kiss your big toe if you can find a, a better quality saddle when it comes to the craftsmanship and the workmanship. And, that, and the reason that is is because of the tremendous amount of experience they have. I think the last time we were there that we were shooting something at their facility, um, if I'm not mistaken, Mark Jamelka there told me, he's the manager of that entire facility there, mm-hmm. um, he told me, that I think they averaged like 20-something years experience. They've got some guys there that have 25 and 30 30 years years. experience. So it's just absolutely amazing when you consider, number one, the number of people they have working for them and the number of people they have with 20 years experience or more. Mm -hmm. And you you just don't find that with any company nowadays, let alone a company that's building something that takes the craftsmanship that a saddle does. Yeah. And they've combined that with some of the technology that is just out of this world. So I will Mm -hmm. dare say that our saddles are as good or better than anybody's saddles out there. And and they also make their own trees with Mm -hmm. another sub-company of theirs called Precision Tree. Mm -hmm. And it's a lifetime warranty on those trees. So being a top hand member gives you an immediate 10% discount on that. So you're looking at at least a three four hundred dollars savings, depending on the options, everything you get on your custom Van Hargis saddle. Mm-hmm. And right now we've got three to choose from. Right, we've got the Colt starting saddle, which is a first, the first one of its kind. Mm-hmm. We did the all around saddle, which a lot of folks don't realize it, but the all around saddle was the very first saddle that I ever designed. It was also the very first saddle in the Western industry that have what we what we know of today as a cutaway skirt. Prior to that, the only thing close to it was what they called a butterfly skirt. So now Rainsman makes that saddle for us now. So they've got the um, cult starting saddle, the all-around saddle, and and of course the versatility saddle. And, you know, because all three of those are right in line with what I do and what I like the most, it's really hard for me to pick which saddle I like the best because people do ask me that all the time. So, So, Van, if you could just pick, which one would you pick? Honestly, I... I can't. It depends, I guess, what horse I'm going to ride that day and what specifically I'm going to be doing because I truly love all three of them or I wouldn't have designed them the way I did. And uh, so we highly recommend them. But anyway, the top pan thing 
is available to those folks uh, for only $9.99 a month, and you get a 10% discount on everything that we have across the board. Including clinics. Yes. Um, also in the training and Pretty much anything that you can get on the website, you can do a 10% discount. Pretty much anything. That's right. Anything to do with Van Hargis Horsemanship, just about, you're going to be able to get that for a 10% discount for only $9.95 a month. So it's, mm-hmm. we think it's just an absolute great bargain. We encourage people to look into that more. Mm-hmm. So, Miss Melanie, what else do you think? I think we're good. Well, good. i tell you what, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed having Miss Melanie on uh, Ride of Her Stride. It's, uh, it's been really great having her. I know it's been a long time coming. We really appreciate everybody's patience. We appreciate everybody's encouragement mm-hmm. uh, to continue to do Ride Over Stride. And we hope you guys are enjoying not only the, the podcast format, but we also hope you're enjoying the podcast format on YouTube. And for those of you who are listening that haven't seen it yet on YouTube, look it up and, uh, and watch it. And then, of course, send us a review and let us know. And what's the thing they always say is click and share. Yes. Click and share. So with that said, I'm going to close with hopefully the familiar closing that all you guys are familiar with and you've heard before. And it's uh, near and dear to my heart. But it's simply this. And until next time, remember, it's your ride. It's your trail. It's your journey. So ride every stride.